I came from a low-income family that was that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GCE became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, Brazilian Grand Prix edition. I almost ran out of breath there. Although I thought it was a Sao Paulo Grand Prix, Brazilian Grand Prix, whatever. We know exactly what it was. The Interlagos race, races, sprint qualifying, of course. Lots of controversy, lots of things to talk about. Tommy, the WTF1 founder, you've still got your Max Cape in the background there, I see, even after... The incident that we'll talk about, interesting stuff. And Katie, I, we can just about see your, your pillows in the background. It's it's a very dark evening podcast for today, so I apologise in advance uh, if you've been expecting this podcast a little bit earlier. Before we do dive into it, Katie, you've made a WTF1 annual, haven't you? Which is coming out about the 2021 F1 season. You are, sorry, I forgot, you're the WTF1 author. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's also now in my contract to call you the WTF1 author and Tommy the WTF1 founder. So yeah, you've made a physical book, which is amazing. It's a great gift for Christmas, but you need to pre-order. You need to pre-order, don't you, Katie? Otherwise, you might not get it. And there's a limited number of copies. So visit WTF1.com forward slash annual or the link in the description to get yours. It's an amazing Christmas gift. Trust me, Katie wrote it. And Team WTF1 get an exclusive discount too. So hello to Team WTF1 as well that are watching this podcast live. And uh, lots of links, Team Team WTF1 (laughs) as well, on the WTF1 website. You know the deal. It's in the description. Anyway, three-word race reviews. Let's dive straight into it, shall we? It's going to be a spicy one. At Max Zerny Official championship still alive isabella dzm hamilton never left and colin rob underscore what a drive so pretty much well alive and drive i see you going for a bit of a rhyming there in the podcast sheet as well there tommy i appreciate that a lot um but yeah generally speaking what a banger championship is definitely still alive i cannot believe lewis hamilton won that race to be honest with you i'm still processing it brazil always delivers doesn't it Pretty much. It very rarely doesn't. I'm glad you it didn't was. jinx it with your the video of why is Brazil always Literally. good? And it, that was so going to be, many people. it would have been your fault if. Uh, oh, oh, you, you, you of all people. I've never jinxed at anything. Me. Your powers this season have been quite frankly scary. Uh, but yeah, no, we made a video about why is the Brazilian Grand Prix so good? And it was still good. My powers have left me. It's amazing. It was a wicked Grand Prix. Like you say, Brazil always presents a a really great race. I missed it a lot from the calendar last year. Obviously, we didn't go because of COVID. Um, So, yeah, I was so, so happy to have it back. And what a Grand Prix it was. What a weekend. It was. And why don't you carry on, Katie, with your three-word race review? Tell us. You know what? I would love to. So my three-word race review is it seemed unthinkable. And that is to do with Lewis Hamilton and just his general weekend. We knew coming into Brazil, it seemed highly likely that he was going to have some kind of engine penalty. He took a new ice, which was confirmed Friday morning. And then we had all the blimmin' drama of him getting disqualified from qualifying and then starting at the back of the sprint, making his way back up uh, to fifth from 20th, which is just like amazing. And then... uh, starting p10 because he had his five second penalty from his ice 
And then won the race. Won the race. Or five plays penalty. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell this weekend has just taken it out of me? (laughs) But um, yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, And I still can't believe that he actually won it from where we were on Friday, waiting for confirmation that he was probably going to be disqualified from Collie to then think literally 48 hours later, he'd won the race. It's just mad. It is. It, it really is. Um, I cannot believe it, although Tommy did predict Hamilton to win the race, but that was after the sprint, not before. Uh, so half points. Well done, Tommy. But yeah, no, I think <laughs> it was just uh, a miraculous drive. I, you know, there's been a lot, as there has been all season, a lot of discussion about Hamilton's engine, how much faster he was than Bottas in the sprint when Bottas was leading from the front with no slipstream or DRS. Uh, but apparently Hamilton had a 30 kilometer an hour advantage, which is not, not true. He was definitely very quick, uh, but Mercedes have come out and basically said that they've absolutely whacked it up to 110% this engine to make sure that they can just do a drive like this. It may well end in a disaster and a failure at some point by the end of the season, but they are risking it all in some regard. And I mean, to be fair, if they just do this every single time and their engine blows, start the back, get a new one, win from the back again. I don't think it's going to quite work like that every single way. <laughs> people say that. That um, so I saw a funny comment that was like, it's essentially an engine undercut, yeah. where you just put a new new engine yeah. and take a five-place penalty, and then you're just so much quicker that you can just get all the places back. Um, uh, imagine if that becomes a thing and they just yeah. bang in a new engine every single race, and then Hamilton just wins every race from like P6. The controversy yeah. would be would be big, wouldn't it? But uh, yeah. but overall, I as much as he did have an advantage with his, his engine, absolutely, the drive that he produced both in the sprint and also uh, in the in the main event on Sunday was 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 brilliant. And you can't take you can't take it away from him because everything that people are trying to drag him down for is speculation. Yes, he was quicker in a straight line, but everything else, people are just speculating, and I'm sick of it. And I'm now going to be yeah. the Hamilton fanboy, but oh yeah, we always are, aren't we? It changes every, yeah, every yeah. day. You, you, um, you say something good about Hamilton now, even though you have a Max Verstappen capable background. <laughs> exactly. See what people yeah. say. I mean, he's had so many good drives in his career, but I mean, a ridiculous drive. No matter how good his car was, you know, it's amazing for him to do something like that. And um, yeah, it's just it was just an unbelievable drive. Like I say, I. I predicted that he'd win the race after the sprint, but I don't think anyone could have predicted just how quickly he would have got through in the sprint. And then you were like, well, actually, he could genuinely get minimum, I think, podium. Um, but for him to actually win, uh, regardless of everything, people will always try and uh, drag him down. But yeah, it was an un- unbelievable drive, just as everyone started to to write him off. We love it, though. I love just, oh, it's over. It's finished. Done. Every podcast. Can Mercedes come back or can Red Bull come back? And it just, it's almost written in the stars that we will get some sort of final showdown. It seems that way. I've said that now. I will be now blamed. One, two, uh, Hamilton first, Verstappen second in the next two races put some exactly level on points for the finale, which would be very spicy indeed. It's all is set I'm, up for it, isn't it? Tommy, stop it. Even if there is that horrible <laughs> point 0.5, they both have point 0.5 points, so it's exactly. fine. Yeah. Um, Team WTF1 member Adam Burgess7 says, I asked after, 20, after the 2020 Turkish Grand Prix 
2020. Oh yeah, if that was Lewis's greatest drive, can we say that this was the greatest weekend by any driver? Oh God, Adam Burgess wants us to get flamed by Max fans. <laughs> uh, oh, it's a hard one. It's a very difficult one uh, because yes, he did very clearly have an advantage, as I said. But the drive that he did, especially, it's it's hard to kind of compare it because obviously he had one and a third goes at it right because of course he had the sprint did amazing through there could burn his tires up very quickly because of the fact it was a short uh, a shorter race you know it could be aggressive he could fly past and then of course you start from 10th but you you know you're you are basically with Bottas and Verstappen again <laughs> whereas not being 20 seconds back so yeah it is is definitely up there but I think it's very difficult to say if it's better than any other weekend because it's it's a different weekend yeah, there's so many great drives in Formula One. It's, I know it's a really boring, boring answer, but it's kind of like the greatest of all time thing, where you say you know can't can't compare different eras all the time. Um, what I will say is, it's definitely one of his most epic drives. It's a, it became a bit of a meme, didn't it? That Hamilton, after every race, says this is the best drive of my career. But I think this genuinely was definitely one of the best, and all these great drivers thinking, you know, like Senna's and Schumacher's, they have these drives in their careers, don't they, that um, will just live on forever in sort of motorsport memory. So Hamilton's had a few, obviously won Germany from, it's not even the lowest grid position if you count that he started 10th, you know, he's won, won Germany 2018 from 14th, obviously he had the the Silverstone thing where he won on three wheels. It's just going to be another one of those races that everyone, when, when Hamilton retires, and in 10 years' time, when uh, whoever is dominating and everyone's just moaning because they're not as good as Hamilton, uh, that'll, that'll be the thing. Whereas, oh, well, Hamilton was way better because he did this and this. It's all nostalgia and everything like that. So, um, yes, it will, it will happen again. <laughs> like you say, there are so many variables in Formula One depending on the time that like the year that the races happen, the driver themselves, the car, the track, there are so many different things that can influence what makes a drive great. But regardless of who you support, whether you're a Verstappen fan, whether you're a Hamilton fan, whether you're a Lando Norris fan, I'd like to think that people could appreciate just the sheer brilliance of Hamilton's drive yesterday. <laughs> Twitter. No, I don't think I will. <laughs> yeah, literally it's the internet. Nope. Now I'm not doing it. Yeah, but I just think I agree that there are there are other drives. I mean, looking at Sergio Perez last year in Sakir, you know, you could argue that was one of the the greatest comeback drives. Obviously, he started from the back of the pack after the first lap, but then Lewis wasn't there because he had COVID. Verstappen, the clerk, were out in the first lap, but then he still managed to fight through the field in a car that had never won a Grand Prix before to take victory, um, and that is another spectacular example of a good, good comeback drive. But yeah, for, for Hamilton, we've said on this podcast, you know, Hamilton is still in his prime and some people might disagree and, and think that maybe because he's got Max snapping at his heels and all that kind of stuff that maybe Hamilton is not past it, but, you know, like comparing to how he could have been in his prime several years ago. But I think this just very much shows that he he's still got it and he's still very much deserving of all the respect and admiration that he has in this championship and uh yeah I I just think it was a fantastic drive 
regardless of British bias or whatever you want to go uh, on about. Don't worry. They've, they've already <laughs> wrote those comments when I first said that Lewis had an amazing drive. Um, yeah, it's interesting, the sort of topic of discussion, you know, Lewis Hamilton and in his prime, you know, where, when is the time that you would kind of label him as in his prime? Because when you look at this season, <laughs> there have been a, a chunk of mistakes yeah. that Lewis has, has done. So you could almost, when you look back at it, I guess in however many years when he when he um, retires, that maybe this was the year where he just fell off just that tiny bit, and then Red Bull just came swooping in with a with a, a very competitive car as well. But it's something that I guess we can't really measure until he retires. Uh, at Dan WMN, do you think it's unfair that the penalty of Lewis starting P20 was at the sprint race? The real points are on Sunday with the Grand Prix. Extra advantage, in my opinion. Penalty should be applied to the main race. Your thoughts? It's an interesting one. I mean, he was disqualified from... I mean, it's, it's literally the format. Like, he was disqualified from uh, the qualifying on Friday because his car did not fit technical regulations. And therefore, his car was then fixed for the next session, which was sprint qualifying. So if you have anything to blame it on, it's the format. But him being disqualified... So what? No, because that would make no sense. Because then he'd be he, he'd be disqualified for Sunday, but then he would still start on pole for Saturday after having an illegal car that he used on Friday to get there. Like that, that makes no sense. Because then you could just have a car that's completely not on the you know going by the rule book. Like Alonso, you know, he just sticks six wheels on the car and a two thousand horsepower engine. Oh, but you know it's fine. I can still get three points on the Saturday, even though my car doesn't fit regulations. So. For me, that question doesn't really make sense because they, they have to disqualify him for the next session. Otherwise, all kinds of loopholes will happen. Exactly. Yeah, qualifying, Friday qualifying is designed to set up the starting grid for the sprint. Um, and so by having an illegal car on Friday means that you should be punished for Saturday's event. Yes, I can see where people have got a little bit um upset with with how it's worked because obviously the sprint is only 24 100 kilometer uh lap like uh, well a parade if you want to call it that we actually saw a little bit of action in the sprint this weekend which is a <laughs> nice surprise but that's literally mainly down to lewis hamilton but i think we're going to talk about that later um but yeah these are the rules though that the faa should have decided before sprint began i know that ross braun has been quite open and honest about certain aspects of the sprint that they openly say like we hold our hands up and say we, we didn't think of that before the sprint actually came to light for example who like gets a title of pole, pole position, position. yeah <laughs> exactly um and i it's frustrating that there are quite a few loopholes that have been like found out through things like that but the, the FIA said pre-Silverstone, so before we had our first sprint, that dealing with on-track incidents, they will do it in exactly the same way that they would a normal Grand Prix because they consider it to be a race, but then they call it sprint quality. So it's like, make your mind up, babe. Come on, sort it out. <laughs> this, this is a classic case, um, and we've seen it a few times, mainly Silverstone with the, the penalty, that basically whatever happens at the end, we then decide that's the rule to stop Hamilton doing well. Uh, because I thought of it this way, that if if Hamilton had finished second or third, right, you'd have uh, he would have actually been penalised more because um, if he'd have started, uh, he, he'd missed the sprint, obviously starting 20th, and he's missing out on those three, two or one points that he would have got if you'd say, okay, then no, we'll, we'll put him at the start. And then 
he probably, even if he'd start 20th in the race, would have got second. I think he would have got second anyway. Um, so then if that had happened, everyone would be like, well, why didn't you penalise him for the sprint? Because he's just got an extra three points there because of the format. So it's just a classic case of when it, when it goes that way, you kind of argue it that way. But, you know, the, the narrative could change completely if Hamilton finishes third there because I think I, I think I even remember Brundle saying during the commentary that you know Max has bagged an extra couple of points because of Hamilton's disqualification and it hurts Hamilton even more but then because he won it didn't hurt him as much so it's just one of those things isn't it where we ch- change the uh what we think should and shouldn't be allowed based yeah, on where Hamilton finishes of hindsight isn't it it's, it's hindsight and you know, imagine if penalties were handed out after the race finishes. Like, oh yeah, Formula this happened. Formula Wonderland in our chat just said Hamilton makes it work equals rules broken. Exactly. It just <laughs> yeah. that that really is is it's been it's so happened true. quite a few times. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think of like uh, other rules, but yeah, it's all like it's almost like this Hamilton rule that comes in when he does something amazing, and they're like, well, you know, you should be allowed to finish on three tires. Uh, it's, it's illegal, yeah. Uh, yeah. technically. It's unsafe. The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. It's only with Lewis Hamilton as well. <laughs> it really is. We quickly interrupt this WTF1 podcast for a very quick chat about one of our sponsors for this episode, ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like going to the bathroom and not closing the door. But you might be asking yourself, why does everyone need a VPN? Well, internet service providers know every single website you visit. They can then sell this information to ad companies and tech giants who then use your data to target you. But why use ExpressVPN? Well, ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet, so your online activity can't be seen by anyone. It's as easy as closing the bathroom door. Fire up the app and click one button. It works on phones, laptops, even routers, so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. I mainly use ExpressVPN on my phone to make sure that I am the most protected I can be when browsing online. So secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash WTF1 today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash WTF1. And you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash WTF1. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Right, should we get with my three-word race review, shall we? Let's go, let's do it. I've gone with... <laughs> Where's the penalty? Now, looking forward to this one. Uh, no... <laughs> Obviously, talking about the Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton instant, turn four, lap 58, was it? 58? I think it was something around there. Tommy's like, I didn't even watch it, mate. Um, <laughs> turned off as soon as Verstappen got uh, overtaken. <laughs> uh, no. And not, this isn't because I think that what happened was particularly bad or that Max Verstappen did something, you know, utterly disgusting and deserves a penalty but when you look at what's happened and my big examples with this at Austria for example where you know you have the the Perez Norris incident uh, there where you know Norris squeezes Perez out of room off the off the track he goes into the gravel it's a five second penalty Max you know he's absolutely sent it because he knows he wants to stay ahead of Lewis he sent it he's misjudged it he pushes Lewis off the track but because it's not gravel, the stewards mm-hmm. don't penalise. And the, the thing is, as well, that the whole point about the stewards', stewards decisions are that it's not, it's not supposed to bring consequence into it. It's the action. 
And the action for me is Max ran, well, he, he ran himself out of road and Lewis. So it's clear as day that he has misjudged that and pushed his competitor technically off the track. Now, I did not want it to be settled by a five-second penalty because I, I love to see racing where it gets a bit crazy like that. But it has to be that running precedent throughout the season. Otherwise, the consistency, as we've spoken about many times with the stewards, just goes completely out the window. So for me, you know, they, they just have to say, the stewards literally just have to say to us, okay, you yeah, know, it, it could you know vary depending on where the competitor is pushed into. If they're pushed into the ocean... They will get more penalties <laughs> than Jeddah. if it's on the track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just they need to clarify the rules for the fans so they know, okay, that's probably going to be a penalty. But it's just so up in the air that it's, it's... I know that, you know, every situation is different, but these sorts of things can definitely be made more clear-cut. Yeah. I, I would argue it's even worse. This may surprise you. There's even worse than the... Lando um Perez one because in my opinion what makes it worse you know I I've defend defended Max moves a lot I love hard racing that's what I enjoy about Formula One um and I quite like it when they're much more lenient with the rules but for me the difference in this compared to something like the Barcelona or Imola moves that Max has done is he's not making the corner you know he went off himself so He's not making the corner. Um, and whether whether it's a penalty or not, I d- again, like, I don't want to see it. I don't think anyone wants to see that fight come to an end and be decided by a penalty. And you can tell that the FIA didn't want that because they didn't even investigate it. Even if it's not a penalty, I'm absolutely flabbergasted that that wasn't even investigated. Um, and you know, maybe maybe it could have just been a case of they investigate it and they give, uh, they see it. And in my opinion, uh, if I was doing it, you know, you think, right, you don't want to, it shouldn't be this way, but you don't want to split up this fight. It's exciting. Black and white flag, do it again, you're in trouble. And I guess technically Verstappen did actually end up getting a black and white flag, didn't he, for the weaving. And then, you know, if that happened, then he gets a penalty because he's got two black and white flags. But the fact that it wasn't even investigated to me, I'm very surprised, and I don't think it was the right call for it not to be investigated at all. And that's before we get into the fact that the only bit of footage that you actually want to see has mysteriously disappeared. Yeah, that's the big thing, isn't it? The stewards didn't. The stewards did not even have access to Max Verstappen's onboard. I'm sorry, but why? I, I get that they may not be able to have every single on board of every single angle of every single car, but the literal championship leader, mm. you don't have the on board for. What, what? I, I thought no. about. I thought about. Reasons. I thought about this. Formula One literally posted uh, where you could, where it had Max's on board, where he was on the podium in Mexico. So, yeah. so they've got it on there and. Uh, there was that bit of Imola, wasn't there, where he was on the back of that truck and he went around Imola. Yeah. So, so we can see that, but not in a very crucial move that could potentially decide the World Championship. But no, it's gone now. We, we can't what? see it there. We can see it going around uh, an Italian village uh, when it's, you know, <laughs> gone off in free practice three. 
but but not during a race and a very crucial it's incident. Not, it's still not surfaced, is it? Has it no. Have you no. seen I it? Haven't, no, I haven't Mad. seen anything appear online. But yeah, I'm not sure whether the cameras, whether it's a static front cam and rear cam, and then there's also a 360 cam, because like when the two came together in Monza, there was a 360, mind you, that was on the front of the car. But yeah, there's like, there's no onboards of anything even if it was one of the cameras from like the front of Verstappen's the nose of the car that pointed back and you might be able to see you know how his hands I'm not accusing Max of anything but you know where his hands were positioned on the steering wheel going into the corner but the fact that nothing has appeared is extremely (laughs) concerning and and, and I love as well how the one shot we did have of it of the helicopter cam it's almost like the cameraman got got shot Like he, he literally was like, "Oh God, I'm not supposed to show this." <laughs> like, it was so weird how we it's jolted. Christian Horner well. with like a sniper ready, yeah, ready just but got electrically shocked or something. It is, it is concerning. And Michael Massey, you know, he's speaking to media afterwards. He said that it could potentially have been a really important piece of footage, which we're all like, "Duh," but um, it's not so much Michael Massey that's making these calls. It's the stewards. And like to bring back to the point, I am astonished that it wasn't investigated further. I like you, I'm all for hard racing and I wouldn't have wanted it decided by a penalty. I don't think many people would have, Um, but I know on these podcasts, I get known for having Katie's rants about the FIA. But oh, hold on, let me just... go make a cup of... Here we go. <laughs> <sighs> but it's just, it's got to the point now where I'm just tired of it. Like, the rule book needs to be clear. Like you were saying earlier, Matt, it needs to be, right, if you do X and Y, you'll get a penalty. But if you do, you know, A or B, then you'll be fine. Formula One is always about finding loopholes, whether that's drivers, whether that's teams. And it's just... It's just so daft. Like even the fines this weekend, which I don't even know if we'll speak about it, but you know, Max got 50k fine for touching the cars and put Ferme, Lewis with a seatbelt. There are examples like Formula One put blooming videos on their social media being like Inspector Seb doing the same in Park Ferme. He gets nothing. Charles Leclerc um, did, you know, a lap or something without his seatbelts on after the 2020 Spanish Grand Prix because he thought he'd retired from the race but could actually go back to, to the pit and box and stuff. Same with George Russell in literally Mexico. He admitted that he undid his seatbelts to try and see if he had any damage to the front of his car. Um, and in doing so, he managed to pull the toggle out of his water bottle. Um, but he admitted to undoing his seatbelt, not taking them off necessarily, but undoing them. And how come that's allowed to be? That's just fine. But then I don't know if it's because they want the high profile and they want the media coverage of like, oh, my God, Max Verstappen's been fine. That's crazy. But it's just stupid. And <laughs> I just really hate it. And I just wish it seems so simple to just have a rule book and it's black and it's white and they're the rules and not be like constantly every weekend going, well, if you compare it to something like in Austria, then they should have had this pet. Like it's just exhausting to keep going on about it and bringing up every single week that it's not consistent, that the rules change depending on who the driver is or what the situation is like, just sort it out. <laughs> but anyway, it thanks. Bye. To, just, well done. <laughs> yeah, they seem to, <laughs> they seem to just change, don't they? Whether they, um they have this rule of oh they let things go and then that changes for like a couple of races and then they're uh, the, really the greatest example of that is monza when leclerc literally just like pushed hamilton off the track and yeah. it was like black and white flag yeah <laughs> yeah so so they've done that and that was like an era where they tried to do it and then it goes back to where they penalize 
every little thing and then goes back to them not penalizing it and yeah like you say it's just it's it's crazy crazy inconsistent um yeah it's it's i don't get it i don't get it i love this we've just had like katie just full anger full passion tommy just sounds depressed (laughs) it's just like (laughs) just a steward come on right team wtf1 member lucy says should max have got a penalty at least a three second possibly i think it was a five second it was a five seconder you know just that's i think that's the first penalty they go for isn't it isn't it five yeah five that's the first thing um but i know you're gonna laugh at me for going oh of course you bring yuki snowder into this but (laughs) snowder's dive bomb on stroll what did did he get a five second penalty ten 10. 10. Okay, you got a 10 second penalty. Call yourself a um, fanboy. Yeah, I was just too depressed. I walked out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and say what, say, say what you like about um, obviously like Stroll turning in. Does that mean if Hamilton had turned in to Verstappen's lunge and crashed into him, Max would have got a 10 second penalty? But because Hamilton moved out of the way, it's nothing. Yeah. Like, seems that way. It does seem that way, doesn't it? Well, so, there you go. What an absolute clown show is basically. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I will actually um, apologize to um, the, absolutely the nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. um, if you remember on the uh, Italian Grand Prix podcast, and I basically said that the stewards would do everything they can to um, keep the title close. I think, if anything, this weekend. Uh, showed that they're not willing to do that because um, I'm glad they didn't because in my opinion, and we'll go into it later, that the the penalties given on Friday were were fair. Um, but that could have been like, you know, their perfect excuse to give Max a big penalty because Lewis is behind in the championship and equally, um, you know, give Max a penalty so Hamilton gets more points and it closes the title up. But... Um, that's not happening. So I, I guess at least fair play to him for that point. Old <laughs> <laughs> yeah, star for the FIA. Um, but yeah, it, it's it is like an overtake did seem inevitable. Doesn't mean Max should just wave him through and let him come through or whatever. But yeah, I'm just glad they didn't crash. To be honest with you, <laughs> I'm yeah, very surprised. First they time, didn't, to be first, fair, first yeah. first sprint race they didn't the, crash. Um, yeah, literally the unfortunate record is that, yeah, they crash every single sprint race. And I was like, oh, God, it's going to yeah. happen again. Like, do, you th- do you think the worrying thing as well is that it sort of sets a precedent into the last three races when the championship's on the line that they could do whatever Especially the hell for they Hamilton. Want. Hamilton's yeah. team radio of, of course, it's not or whatever. However he reacted to yeah. Verstappen not being investigated, I think we'll, I think we will see a Lewis that's maybe slightly different if he's behind uh, and they're fighting again because he knows that, well, Max can get away with it. Why can't I? So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's a good point. Uh, let's get to the next question. At Saluki Boo, it was mentioned during Sky Race Review, FIA had all the data when the judgment was reached. That can't be correct as teams have to retrieve after race. So do you think there's a chance Max Verstappen might have a retrospective penalty once all data is received by the FIA? No. No, the, the race is done. I'm sorry. It's over. We can't... That's it. They have to make the decision there and then, don't they? There's not going to be any sort of new data. Max Verstappen turns in. There's, there's unfortunately, for Max fans, not, not that. So that's a done, dusted, signed, sealed, delivered result. Um, unless they found out that they were cheating and, you know, the cars, whatever, then, but no, that's 
that's done, isn't it, guys? That's yeah. Anything else to add on that? Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. I was just going to look and see because normally when a final classification is put out, that's kind of it. It's done, it's dusted. I love nothing more than seeing the final classification document pop up because it means I haven't got to worry about any more blimmin' drama. Um, but I did have a look in the FIA sporting code um, and it does say that stewards can amend the classifications I guess, if necessary. Um, so in theory, if, I don't know, radio came out of Max saying, I'm deliberately going to crush Lewis up, which I very much doubt will ever happen, but um, they could, but it seems a very small possibility. So yeah, I think it's they just... They did it Hamilton, didn't they, in 2008 Spa? Um, race yeah, finished and then yeah. they found new evidence. That was the era where they've did Wasn't that when he was fighting Kimmy and he like straight line the chicane or something? Was straight line the chicane, backed yeah. off, and then took him at the next corner, and then they did actually change the rule. That, that this is what everyone clearly wants from that era that they do change the rule because Hamilton did something that wasn't the rule, and then they changed <laughs> it. But that was that was um, kind of what I was alluding to before. That was very much the era where they were like, right, but let, let's do everything we can to make sure this is nice and close. Um, yeah, but yeah. I'm not saying that. Potentially, maybe we'll see. Maybe. Last three races uh, at Adam Chapman two three nine eight. Were both fines classed as reasonable in your opinion, or are the FIA getting greedy? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure scary. about that part. I was going to say uh, we've got greedy. an amazing video actually coming out on Wednesday, and yeah. you'll find out all about FIA fines and where they go and who they do and what the, who they do. That's a bit weird. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think it's, it's just a very. It's like, it's almost like they just pluck a number out of thin air. They're like, well, Hamilton's taking his seatbelts off. I reckon, I reckon that's about 5K, Jim. They get like, a dartboard yeah, and they're like... <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Pick it out it that does, way. It doesn't make yeah. any sense for that to be 5K, personally. But uh, I, I think... find that odd as well, considering they charged Max 50K earlier for touching a rear wing. But mm, I loved all the memes that came out of that, by the way, of like Max the wing bender and all this kind of funny thing. They were really good. But yeah, I think you've got to be careful saying are the FIA getting greedy because it's not like it goes to Michael Massey's Christmas bonus like the money can you imagine that if the stewards actually <laughs> took a percentage of it and they're just like five seconds five seconds yeah. and then five we're 000, dining 5, out 000. tonight boys <laughs> it's like yeah. it's not how it works like in Pat um, like oh you've not done your shoelaces up that'll be five grand thank you just, <laughs> yeah. like, just like pushing someone like Ockle into someone else's rear wing <laughs> oh, sorry mate you touched it though didn't you that's 50k <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're not getting greedy. It goes to some very uh, useful funds. All more information will be coming out on Wednesday. We interrupt this WTF1 podcast for a very quick chat about one of our sponsors for this episode, Beer 52. We've been sent a free case of eight craft beers from Beer 52, and you can get in on the action too. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 and cover just the postage costs of £5.95. Remember, you have to be over 18, otherwise you're not allowed. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club with over 170,000 active members. And each month, members are sent a case with a different theme, so it doesn't get boring. It comes with a magazine and snacks, and if you don't like dark beer, you can just choose the light option. The opportunities are endless. To make sure you feel as comfortable with the offer as possible, you can pause or cancel at any time. There are no commitments here. You just got to enjoy the beer, and that's it. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 and pay just the £5.95 postage to get all of this right now. Right, let's get back to the podcast. 
Now, a bit of breaking news for you. Um, I'm hearing through my earpiece that Matt Gallagher has actually been disqualified from the WTF1 podcast for poor internet connection. Tommy, could you confirm reports down there? Yeah, I heard that um, he was ruffling around in Park Fermi and he actually touched his internet and it broke. So um, it's gone. Uh, He's been fined 50,000 euros and uh, he will no longer be taking part, unfortunately for the rest of the podcast but we're, we'll have to <laughs> carry on without him it was uh yeah we've, we've done our best but otherwise we're gonna end up um not finishing this podcast before Qatar at this rate so we're carrying on <laughs> we are do you want to go through your three-word race review because we haven't even got to that yet <laughs> we haven't uh so my three-word race review is no best car and that is in reference to as it alludes, there's no <laughs> real best car this year. I think it's probably the first time in years where there doesn't seem to really be a standout. I mean, this season, it seems to have changed after every race. I, I can think of a few races where it's really felt like Mercedes had the best car. I'm thinking like Portimao, Monza. And then there's been other races where Red Bull, like Austria and Mexico, where everyone's been like, oh, well, Red, Red Bull are fastest. And, you know, the last race, um, it was all our Red Bull too strong. Max is quite far ahead. You know, we had the the usual questions of is the title over? And now it looks like Mercedes have an absolute rocket ship. Won the race easily, really. I mean, the fact that Hamilton managed to win from last, despite, you know, we, we've gone into it. Incredible drives, an amazing driver. But the fact, you know, that car is unbelievably quick. Um I did a poll actually about and asked people what they thought the best car was. 25, pretty much bang on 25% said Red Bull, 25% said Mercedes, and 50% said no clear choice. So that kind of shows that there's really wow. not a standout. This has been the best car this year. So um yeah, it really shows that that's the case. And um it's too close to call. It just seems to just change every week. We're having this conversation of our oh, Red Bull Mars too quick. Oh, Mercedes are miles too quick. Which one is it? It's just changing all the time. Exactly. I mean, obviously coming up, we've got two races, Qatar and Saudi Arabia, both of which we've never raced at before. If you were to guess, might think that maybe they might be slightly more suited to Mercedes. But once again, we've seen evidence that like certain tracks are Red Bull favoured or Mercedes favoured like look at Paul Ricard that's the prime example we went there going this is a Mercedes track they're going to dominate this weekend it'll be easy peasy and then uh, Red Bull won so it really proves that this championship I really hope it does go down to the last race to Abu Dhabi Um, but we will see Uh, a question from at Real Brag asks, does Lewis's performance signify a turning point in the championship battle? Love the podcast, by the way. Well, thanks very much. <laughs> um, I think it's been kind of twisting and turning all, all season, which is why it's been such a magical championship to watch. Um, we've spoken about it countless times on this podcast that I don't think there's going to be really any kind of evident way the championship is going until the championship is done. And we've pass a checkered flag in Abu Dhabi I don't think there's going to be um a point in the next three races where I say that coming into Brazil I was like Max is I think Max has maybe got this in the bag you know and then Lewis puts on a performance like that so it really just does show that it could be either of theirs what do you think 
<laughs> yeah, it's funny because in the last podcast, I think we all said if you had to predict who's going to win the championship, we all said Max Verstappen. Now, now I've just seen Lewis Hamilton win the last race from last place on the grid and still win it by about 10 seconds. I kind of think Hamilton might win it. And I'm sure a lot of people might agree with me there. That um, it And it just shows how good this championship is, that it seems to just change constantly. You know, it seems, oh, it's, oh Max has won, it's over. And then now we're like, oh, well, Mercedes are going to be miles quicker in the final three races and going to win it easily. So you just don't know. It's just changing every single single race. But it's definitely a big turning point because it shows that um, Hamilton... Yeah, is not backing down. I think I wrote, I wrote it on my Twitter that people writing him off forgot what driver and team it was that they're writing off. You can't write off Hamilton and Mercedes. Have you been watching for the last seven years? <laughs> exactly that. Uh, another question from at Feud. I'm so bad. I but just people's Twitter handles all the time. Feudly. 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 Um, they ask, where did Mercedes get that pace from? It wasn't only on the straights where they were quicker. Um, now, obviously for Hamilton, he had a new internal combustion engine, which maybe added a little bit more speed. Um, maybe Interlagos is just a track that suits the car. I mean, after yesterday's victory, Mercedes power has now won 10 races in Interlagos, Ferrari, Renault engines, only on nine wins each at the track. Um, and Mercedes power has won six of the last nine races in Sao Paulo. So clearly it is a track that is, you know, suitable for that Mercedes power. Um, but what do you think is down to it? And uh, don't be saying, Illegal wear, re, uh, re wings. <laughs> Illegal. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Matt kind of said it back when he, he was with us on this podcast. <laughs> when throw, he was with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the yeah, Mercedes have been able to essentially, you, you normally have an engine for about eight races and they've just turned it up to 11 and just gone absolutely ham, no pun intended, for the last kind of uh, end of it. And if it blows up, it blows up. But they're at that stage now where they've got to go for it. So um, there's that. Um, Red Bull clearly think there's some dodgy dealings going on um, mm. because the reason that Hamilton's DRS was investigated in the first place, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't actually the fact that Red Bull thought that was the case. They just thought something was going on with the rear wing and then they noticed that there was the problem with the DRS and that's what caused it. Um, so Red Bull seemed convinced that there's something not quite right there, but if there is, they're going to have to work it out pretty soon because if Hamilton's that quick for the last three races, uh, you know, it's going to, they're not going to have much to answer for. So um, you've seen loads of other things as well, like, uh, I saw something on Reddit where someone posted like there's some kind of new DAS mm -hmm. thing, but I watched that and I didn't really, I couldn't really see much going on. It wasn't quite so clear cut as DAS where they're, they're pulling something, you know, there's a lot of strange things that you see that we might not know. And I didn't really um, see too much about it other than that quick video post. So um, we shall see. Uh, I personally would like to think it's not, illegal um obviously people 
push the boundaries and of course uh Horner's gonna say it is but um <laughs> let's just see how it goes in those last races I think the the key is let's let's see in Qatar how quick that Mercedes is because if it's that quick again then this whole thing is really going to ramp up of how a Mercedes is quick yeah, I think that's bang on. Um, it was interesting listening to Christian Horner speak to Sky Sports after the race where he was like, we're not going to investigate or lodge a protest this race. I was like, so that's not a no. <laughs> yeah. But um, who knows? It could be could be mind games, couldn't it? Um, Toto Wolf is adamant that their car is completely legal. So we shall see. Um, but now one point of the weekend that we haven't even really touched upon um, is the F1 sprint. We had the third and final one uh, in Sao Paulo on Saturday, as we alluded to before, a lot more exciting than the other two that we've seen in Monza and Silverstone. But I think that is partly down to the fact that we had Lewis Hamilton coming from the back and uh, it kind of showed the potential of reverse grids. I know that we've talked about Sprint on the podcast a few times before, um, but do you think that maybe the format does need changing to em- embrace that reverse grid side of things or like what kind of things did you take away from this weekend? Yeah, we did uh, We did a little midweek podcast. If you've not heard it, it's on Spotify and audio platforms, but we did one when it was announced about how all the circuit promoters wanted a sprint race and we kind of went into it. My biggest thing is the fact that there's not enough jeopardy and uh yeah the 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 fastest cars start at the front there's no pit stops normally they all start on the same tire uh and that's what happened in monza and it was drs train and it was very boring (laughs) whereas in this you actually had for a start there was excitement because the people at the front started on different tires so bottas had the advantage at the start he could pull away from max and then max came back to him at the end and while I don't think that F1 drivers give up uh, in the sprint, and I don't think we've seen it enough to say that they don't try at all, but when but that was probably the first case where you really saw that Max was just like, well, I'll just take two points here. What what's the point going, you know, crashing here and starting last in the main race um, to get one extra point? So he kind of settled for P2, but it was nice to see that that mix of tires, which meant that someone went off at the start quite quick and then the other car came and caught up when their tires slowly degraded. Um, but clearly the main thing there uh, in the sprint, what made it so good was the fact that Hamilton was coming from the back. And yes, uh, the second it happened, you just, the alarm bells were ringing and you just knew that reverse grids would become a topic again. And clearly the, you know, it's shown that it's worked whether people want it or not um is another matter but it's clearly shown that the way to make sprints exciting is to have the slower cars at the front and the quicker cars at the back however you do that so it was a lot more enjoyable this time uh and i really enjoyed it it was a million times better than uh the monza and it was just a a fun quick race and then you had the, the enjoyment of obviously friday mattering as well because of uh qualifying but I mean it just helped that the whole weekend was just really really dramatic yeah I think we might do maybe another podcast 
at the end of the year or something reviewing the sprint and what we want to change for next year but like you say we kind of did a similar vibe podcast a few weeks ago but yeah for me I was a little unsure about reverse grids uh for sprint because it didn't feel too traditional and I'm somebody who quite likes tradition um but I think that's the way to go they need to for me (laughs) yeah Bottas uh (laughs) thing here but um yeah I think they need to get rid of the sprint defining the starting grid for the F1 race on the Sunday, that needs to go. The sprint needs to be its own thing, in my opinion. Use the qualifying uh, results from Friday, get the top 10 or top eight or whatever it might be, flip it on its head. I did an opinionated piece on Sunday about this. If we flip the top 10 results from Friday quality, we'd have an Alpine front row, which would be amazing. Esteban Ocon on pole, Fernando Alonso in second. Who doesn't want to see Fernando Alonso? absolutely just go Being for it from a white yeah. boy like in hungary and exactly <laughs> trying, to, trying to block everyone yeah yeah and then mclaren um second row we'd have obviously the likes of max in p10 bottas uh p9 chuck them all like just shake it up make it different and that would be entertaining maybe do top five get points or top six get points or something like rather than top three because like you say people won't really make much of an effort to um get a singular point um and yeah something needs to be done otherwise they're going to put all this energy into sprints and sooner or later people will just think oh not a sprint like that's just a pride and they they will stop showing interest in it because i think so many people are tuning into it now because it's brand new and all that kind of stuff but if you have another season like six of monzas for example people are going to get to the end of the season and think god it's not blooming well rubbish yeah Agreed. Yeah, and people, in fact, hosting a sprint is probably going to do more damage to a circuit promoter than hosting um, like a normal weekend. So they need to do something quick because people's attention spans are very short. Um, and hopefully they listen to that fan voice um, and and do change things up. I don't know what they're going to go with, with next year, but also maybe have a bit more of a think about uh, all the rules and regs because like we say quite a few loopholes have come out from this weekend and whether Hamilton should have been disqualified for the sprint or the race or whatever it may be <laughs> get some rules down in black and white and uh, if you need any help just come to WTF1 and we'll we'll point you in the right direction guys <laughs> <laughs> um, one final question before we get to ABCDF1 from a Team WTF1 member, Mark O'Neill, who says, it's been said multiple times by the likes of Ross Braun that the sprint is part of qualifying and it is not a race, hence the name being sprint qualifying. Therefore, shouldn't Hamilton's disqualification have been the case for all of qualifying, including the sprint? P.S. Looking forward to the Silverstone Clubhouse. I'm loving all these little extra shout-outs at the end of questions. Yeah, I thought that. It's great. I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, we kind of alluded to it earlier. Same rules for sprint as they do the race, but do you think maybe that's something they need to rejig for 2022? You kind of alluded to it in the last question. It seems like, again, that they, they kind of, they did the sprint and then didn't really think about the rules and stuff because it was actually quite confusing for, for fans. I mean, we did our, our watch along of the sprint and I remember going into the the live chat and seeing people chatting beforehand. And there was a couple of people in the live chat that thought Hamilton wasn't taking part in the sprint because they saw he was disqualified from qualifying. And while people may uh, laugh at that and go, oh, well, you, you, you knew it. Not everyone absorbs as much 
F1 content as we do. And, you know, if you're a casual viewer or or you're just tuning in and you see Hamilton's been disqualified from something called qualifying and then this sprint is meant to be qualifying, I don't really blame people for, for thinking that might be the case. It's not an absolutely outrageous thing to think because like this person's alluded to, if he's disqualified from qualifying, the sprint's qualifying. So um, it, 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 another like bad thing is that it can be a very confusing thing for, for new fans. And also like the way the news have covered it as well, they're, it's been quite a, a big story here in the UK for anyone outside of the UK that it's very rare that Formula One is the number one news story. It's normally football or something else. Um, but I notice on the news, the, the lead story is Hamilton winning. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're obviously saying Hamilton won from 10th. And that kind of doesn't really tell the whole story, does it? That he won from 10th. It's more, he won from last really. And, uh, and and had to essentially get 25 positions um so yeah it can be a bit confusing really and uh that's something they need to really look into to make sure it's a format that people actually understand what on earth is going on because otherwise um it just gets a bit ridiculous because formula one is confusing enough even for us who watch it and consume it essentially every single day of our lives and it's our job and there are still some rules that we're like wait what um so yeah it needs to they need to really think about these things they do right well I can't believe it but we're going to stop talking about that crazy (laughs) Sao Paulo slash Brazilian GP we're going to go on to ABCD EF1 so I can't believe I get to say this Tommy play the jingle (laughs) now it's time for Wow. Well, I feel I feel like I've got the power. Okay, <laughs> Matt has fortunately given us his ratings before his internet cut out, um, so we can get all of our views on it. Um, so let's start with Lewis Hamilton, which, let's be honest, it's going to be the easiest A start that probably of the season. Would you say that's fair, or is that being a bit too bold? Uh, it's definitely yeah, an, an easy A star. <laughs> Um, probably, yeah, I'd probably say it was probably one of the one of the easiest A stars of the the season. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be anything else, is it? No, I was having a look um, while I was inputting these, and yeah, I think it's ninety three percent were A star. Another three percent was an A, and then there was the next one was an F. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> guessing that's the uh, maybe some the Sappen fans that were like, no, I don't like it. <laughs> um, but let's go to Hamilton's teammate Valtteri Bottas. I've gone for a, mm, I've gone for quite different. I've gone for an A, which um, might be a bit generous. But he, yeah, did do, he did get the pole in sprint, but. I thought that, but I've, I have to downgrade him the fact that it, within five laps, he started <laughs> yes, first and Hamilton was 10th and he essentially yes. had to move out the way within five laps, uh, which is even surprising. Uh, yeah, it's, it's got to be a B. Yeah, I think. I think maybe I was a little bit optimistic and too generous there. So I think I'll go down to a B. Um, and Matt gave him a B as well. And fans gave Bottas a B. Um, Verstappen, I think there's not much more he could have done. Obviously, the 
Um, pass with Hamilton was a little bit controversial, but overall he'll be happy to finish second that race, I'm sure. So I've given a, him an A. Same. Same. Matt's given him an A, and the fans gave him an A. So this is all very matchy matchy. Um, yeah. Sergio Perez, I've gone for a B. I've gone for a B. And Matt has gone for a B, and the fans have gone for a B. So this lovely is all stuff. very lovely. Bit unlucky, uh, actually. Would have would have got uh, that would have been three podiums in a row if it wasn't for the virtual safety car. Because obviously he lost out, didn't he? That sorry, not even three, four. Would it be four on the bounce? I think it, I think would, it be. would be actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he's definitely yeah, coming to his own at the right time. So, yeah. but yeah, good good drive. Just unfortunate. Very very unlucky actually. Um, and then just did his classic uh, fastest lap point. I will say now, I will be shocked, uh, and you can you can pull me up on this at the end of the season. <laughs> but I cannot see any way that the fastest lap point is not going to bot us or Perez for the rest of the season. By the way, <laughs> they're going to be doing that for the rest of the season now. Th- those two, yeah. whoever's in fourth, just pits and gets the point taken off whoever their teammate. Uh, is to help them in the title it's just gonna happen isn't it i think so gotta play the team game um let's chat about lando norris he had well obviously a bit of a drama at the start of the race when he clipped carlos Sainz and uh fell back to the end of the grid um but apart from that it was kind of another like anonymous weekend from him really yeah both mclarens i'd say I've seen a few people say it was unlucky. In my opinion, he probably was a bit more at fault. Uh, yeah, I anything. think he was too ambitious. He he essentially got an amazing start, and you can do that at Interlagos where you run out on that bit of runoff area, but he just got a bit too eager to move over. Mm. Uh, and for me, that's what uh, I would put more, more blame on him because he just seemed too e- eager to move over. So. Um, Ooh, I think it's difficult because I feel like a D is maybe harsh, but mm. it's a low C for me because you did get back to 10th. But if you are grading it that he was his fault, which in my opinion, I think it was more. It wasn't an absolute crazy malicious like, move or anything. Yeah. But uh, I think it just probably cost McLaren a few points in the in the constructors so yeah i've got to say c for me yeah i've also gone for a c matt's gone for a a d for norris um and the fans have given him a c as well so could only assume matt's had the same opinion and that yeah it's his fault at the start we have to talk about that video of lando (laughs) 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 if anyone's not seen it there's a video of lando norris he goes up to Carlos at the end of the race and he looks so happy to see Carlos like you like, like a little just, puppy yeah, yeah like seeing it seen an old friend for the first time in ages really happy and Carlos obviously says something to him about the race and his face just drops <laughs> like it's literally like instant sadness and he's like oh um like thinking he's gonna have a nice chat with Carlos and Carlos has obviously told him to like you sort your driving out or race. something yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I'm sure though for all the Carlando mm. shippers out there, they'll be yeah. absolutely Drive fine. Drive to Survive will be filming that. 
making oh, yeah. it a big, big thing. That's what the whole season's going to be based on now, just that one yeah. bit in the media pen. They Not won't the even season. cover the fines and the disqualifications no. this weekend. It would be the fact that Lando got upset about Carlos. <laughs> Amazing. And what about uh, Danny Rick retired, which is his first retirement since the start of the 2020 season, which is a shame. Whoa. Um, I know. Uh, but yeah, disappointing end for him in Brazil. Uh, but once again, aside from that, like he, he didn't have the best sprint. Um, and then in the race from memory... I don't really remember too many incredible overtakes or anything <laughs> no, like that. It's kind no, of another. It's hard to remember where he even was when he retired. To be honest, yeah. um, I've gone for a C, just pretty, yeah, pretty average. Okay, let's talk about uh, the Ferrari boys. Uh, Charles Leclerc. I've gone for a mm, an A. I think is fair. Yeah, I've gone for Ferraris. an A as well. Yeah, um, and Matt's gone for an A, no surprise. And the fans have gone for an A, so it balances out. And Carlos Sainz, same grade, finished just behind uh, Leclerc in sixth, so an A as well. Yeah, excellent yeah. from Sainz, yeah. A yeah. is great, great day for Ferrari. Um, yeah, really good, especially with uh, Lando, P10, and Daniel out of the points. That's yeah, they've help. pulled quite a big gap, haven't they? They have. Um, and the fans gave both Ferrari drivers an A as well. Um, Sebastian Vettel, I have gone for... Um, where did he finish? He finished out of the points in 11th. I've gone for a C, but I feel like looking at what the fans gave and what Matt gave, that's going to be quite an unpopular opinion. Yeah, I'm trying to work out... Uh, stop shortly for us behind Norris. Um yeah, he he was up there, wasn't he? At, at mm. the start. Um oh, no, I've got to give him a C as well because oh, okay. I think if he I think he'd have got in the points. Yeah. Um he was having quite a, a good weekend, but yeah. Um 11th. I know Aston Martin isn't a great card, but it's a C for me. Yeah, okay. Um, and then, as I alluded to, fans gave Vettel a B and Matt also gave Vettel a B. And then Lance Stroll, who had a bit of a... He sort of collected uh, Yuki Sonoda, or they collected each other. Um, it, I think it was... I'm going to go for a D for Lance Stroll. Um, out in Q1, which is never ideal. Um, and then same kind of thing, sort of just... Trailed around, didn't really do much. I'm trying to yeah. figure out where he actually uh, finished. He, yeah. Oh, he, he retired as well. He was near the near the back in the sprint as well, and then obviously he, the way uh, depending on which way you see it, he either got punted out by Yuki <laughs> or turned in maybe a bit too aggressively on Yuki. Um, or I think it's a high D, low C. So I'm gonna go for a. D because it, I can't grade him the same as Vettel, who was up yeah. in 11th. Yeah. Um, so we've both gone for a D. Uh, Matt's gone for a C, and the fans also went for a C. And then Pierre Gasly, who I had kind of hoped, obviously, he's had success here in the past. Um, and I really thought this could be it, but in the sprint, he fell back straight away and never kind of really recovered from that. Um, so I've gone for a B for Pierre. Yeah, it's so funny yeah. that a kind of a bad weekend for Pierre is getting a B finishing seventh. He's just so consistently good uh, in the Alpha Tauri. 
but yeah, B. Yeah. Um, Matt's also given Gasly a B and the fans gave him a B. And then Yuki Sonoda. Yuki, Yuki, Yuki. Um, once again, not a great weekend, which feels like saying this almost every other weekend. He finished 15th. Um, as you say, had that contact with Lance Stroll, got given two more penalty points, which means he's now up to six in his rookie season. Um, and yeah, that 10 second time yeah. penalty. I've gone for, I've gone D slash E. I think, I can't tell if E is too harsh, but he should be doing better. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so annoying because you matched Gasly in Q1. And I was mm. thinking like, oh, Yuki's looking all right. And then he went slower in, <laughs> he went, he did, he went slower in Q2, didn't make the cut. And then, yeah, his his move on Stroll. Well, I think that Stroll was also um, to blame as we sort of went in uh, on earlier. Um, it's still a very ambitious lunge. Uh, so, yeah, he gets a D. But I can see why you've given him an E because yeah, essentially he's ruined his race. And... E. Yeah. So I'm going to go with an E. I'm going to be the nasty one, the Simon Cowell among the group. Um, <laughs> you've gone for a D. Matt's gone for a D and the fans went with a D as well. Fernando Alonso. Um, once again, like a, a good, goodish weekend for the Alpine. I mean, yeah, I've gone for B for both Alpines. So yeah. quite, they were quite similar. They just seem to just be together for the race i mean alonso is oh, a little cute. bit further back but they finished eighth and ninth which is pretty solid decent for alpine so yeah yeah for being also going fastest in fp2 which nearly made me fall off my chair <laughs> uh, but um yeah i've gone for both b's for the alpines that's what matt's done and that's what the fans have done uh Happy now stuff. for the alphas kimi raikkonen i've gone for a c he nearly got a point didn't he from the back it wasn't a um, yeah yeah he finished in twelfth which isn't bad because he got um, sent to the back after the sprint didn't he yeah he started from the pit lane didn't he um, but oh, had a bit of a clumsy moment with Mick that was a, probably more Mick's fault to be fair um, oh, Alpha Romeo just love throwing away points don't they by the way they they could they just seem like they don't want to catch Williams they just keep. <laughs> Because uh, they crashed into each other, didn't they, in the sprint? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to go for a... Oh, is the, is, this is so hard, because mm. is the Alpha actually that bad anymore now? The Ferrari engine isn't terrible. Maybe it's not. Now I'm going to go for a C. You're going to go for a C? Um, Matt went for a C, and the fans went for a C. And Antonio Giovinazzi, I've gone for a D. Didn't think yeah, this was great. But at least yeah. he didn't finish 11th. <laughs> every yep. cloud um matt's also gone for a d and the fans have given giovanazzi a c maybe they're feeling bad because they know that there's a bit of news coming out tomorrow about that other alpha seat <laughs> uh who knows yeah. um that's also not a you know top secret by the way i think most people know that that's on its way i think fred Vasser even said we've got an, a big announcement next week <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. could that possibly be fred um right williams boys george russell i have gone for a c I've gone for a C. Yeah, he got out qualified and out sprinted by Latifi. So you can't even do the argument of, oh, he uh, was actually not out qualified because it's the sprint. But then Latifi did it again. Goat. 
get him in that Mercedes, I say. Go TV. Uh, <laughs> go TV, God's sake. Uh, well, Matt's given Russell a B. I don't know why. Uh, obviously, British it's been bias. very generous. <laughs> British bias. Uh, and the fans gave Russell a C. So Matt's obviously just, he's obviously in a good mood at that point. Uh, Latifi, I think, C for at qualifying Russell, but then um, finished behind George, actually in the race, finished 16th. George finished 13th. So yeah, Latifi, uh, Latifi actually pit under the virtual safety car. Uh, as a gamble that didn't pay off. Um, and I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like he was still ahead of Russell at this point. Did George so, not put under safety car? Which uh, Williams the was VSC. it? It's no. the, it was the VSC. So uh, I almost want to give Latifi a B because <laughs> I, know, I know he finished further down the order, but that was not his own fault. And the fact that he did out-qualify Russell and that's yeah. Um, I mean, he's not going to probably do that again. So I'm going to give Latifi a B. Why not? Oh, I'm sure he's listening in and being really happy about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Matt gave Latifi a C and the fans gave Latifi a C. Now, Nikita Mazepin, um, I've gone for a C, but one thing I do want to bring up is Nikita Mazepin did the naughtiest little overtake on Mick Schumacher and didn't get picked up at all. Like it was a really good overtake into turn oh, I've one not seen that. exactly and he finished ahead of schumacher and uh he was running ahead ahead of the Williams at, one, at one, point. one point yeah, yeah and i was like <laughs> i was like on. what is going on i was like is there a problem with the timing graphic what is what's happening <laughs> here but i think i think that was the strongest he, weekend so far yeah so do i and it's surprising because after friday um oh, he was, yeah he was good, he was having he? a cry in the media pen and like mm. obviously don't like to see anybody getting upset and emotional over things like this so he was saying that it's because he's had a high turnover of staff in the team and uh i think it was his performance engineer or somebody along those lines had uh changed teams or done something um and he was being really hard on himself because he thought he was on for a good lap on friday and then he messed it up or effed it up as he said and i was like oh that's very naughty (laughs) use Mm. of words but i think aside from maybe that start of the the weekend that like you say it's one of his strongest weekends of the year yeah i'm going for a a c for him uh matt's gone for a c and the fans have gone for an f no way i didn't know that literally (laughs) um and mick schumacher i've gone for a d so have i yeah i think Um, uh the crash was yeah i've watched the, the crash back actually and he sort of gets a swapper on and goes into Raikkonen and yeah it's a D it's a D uh Matt's gone for a C for Schumacher and the fans have also gone for a C so that was ABCDF1 maybe slightly uh less conventional than normal <laughs> but we move uh right predictions for the Brazilian Grand Prix I shall read out Matt's as he's not here oh, and he can't he can't argue for like he can't argue back brilliant <laughs> whoop, whoop. okay so sprint race will be dull I say no points Tommy absolutely not yeah no, no, no chance and Verstappen goes more than 25 points clear also no points apologies that cool I've um, gone for action-packed sprint quality I went for the opposite <laughs> which uh I think it was there was uh we were entertained yeah, oh, yeah, all the so, way through yeah, uh, yeah. and I went for a surprise podium finisher which I was going to argue that 
Yeah. Because Hamilton started last, he was a surprise podium finisher, but he actually wasn't because <laughs> I'm not even going to argue that because no. I think everyone thought he was going to get at least on the podium after what happened in the sprint. So I can't even argue that one. So I'm going to take my one point and uh, jog on. <laughs> <laughs> jog on. I think as well at the end of the last podcast, we asked for some T's and C's and we said like it had to be like a Gasly or somebody like that. But yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, there's still one point. Um, I said both Alfa Romeo's into Q2, which happened, which I, I'm taking. I think that's quite a good Yeah, I think that was a good prediction. prediction. I saw you guys are not arguing about it, but like <laughs> it was kind of like <laughs> saying, uh, oh, well, that's quite obvious. And then actually it's not because the two the two Hasses uh, and the two Williams, and then sometimes George gets into Q2. So actually, I think it's quite rare that you're going to get both Alphas in. So well done. Well, Thank you very much. I did my research on how they normally get on at Interlagos, so they <laughs> delivered well. And then I said Red Bull take the Constructors' Championship lead, which also was something that was argued and was like, that's the easiest amount of points anybody's ever done. And they didn't do it. So no, they just, didn't. there you go. The rule book has been thrown out. Uh, fans at Rock for Shell 1996 said Ferrari extend their lead in the Constructors' Championship. So that is a point for you, my friend. We have Jato, Jato Movie Art, Ricardo and Norris crash together. Didn't happen. And at Kieran is boring. Um, and <laughs> Sorry, Kieran. I'm sure you're great fun, but that's your username. Um, a non-Red Bull or Mercedes win, which didn't happen. Now, I'm having a laugh at this because Matt hasn't put his predictions in, Tommy. So I oh, think, so he's got no points next week. <laughs> I think we should make up his predictions. So my prediction for Matt, the first one, is Nikki Nikita Mazepin is going to win the race. Yeah, Mazepin, Mazepin wins the race. Wins. And uh, prediction? my prediction <laughs> is going to be that uh, Mercedes and Red Bull slowest on pace. I can't see anything wrong with that. Brilliant. Excellent. So right. that's so Matt's predictions Matt's for Qatar. Uh, <laughs> tell me what predictions have you gone for? Uh, I've gone for Hambot there. Nice. And Gasly, best of the rest. Oh, okay. Um, and I've gone for issues with tyres and Norris top five result. So there are predictions. Um, and the fans at Alain or Alan, I'm not sure how that's pronounced, I, I really don't like doing these fan readouts because I can never pronounce the usernames. Elaine Giola. 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 Says Hamilton takes the lead of the drivers' championship at King Kong seven four four five three seven seven two. Says return of the McLaren as the third best team, and at Maxil underscore bvb another christian horner or toto wolf meme will arise from the weekend well we don't have long to wait because this is a triple header and we've got a race in literally a few days time um so i won't do final thoughts tommy because matt's not here and he doesn't have control over us anymore we're gonna rebel Um, well, we've been nice but, to him. We've given him some good predictions for next week, which he definitely yeah. won't find out until next week when he reads them out. And then we can explain <laughs> so to him. True. So I'm looking That's forward true. to that. Nobody, if you're watching this, listening to this, don't at Matt, don't, you know, no, mention I think him we should. I think we should. I think we should make oh. him watch this. So everyone tweet Matt and just tweet nice predictions. Not, don't say what they are, just say mm. nice predictions uh, for Qatar. And he's going to get really confused and he's going to message us on WhatsApp and be like, why do I keep getting all these? And then he's going to have to watch it back and find out what we did. No, <laughs> oh, we are so mean. 
Um, but yeah, well, I'm sure that's going to be two points for Matt next week. Um, but yeah, thank you very much uh, for sticking around. Apologies for the technical difficulties and Matt just dropping off halfway through this. Like we said, he had some internet issues, which I'm sure will be fixed in time for the weekend. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe if you haven't already. And we will see you um, for many, many more videos in the week. Excellent. Goodbye. Goodbye. I never know how to end these. Adios. Bye. Bye.